Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Paul Glover, the No BS Work Performance Coach and the author of Work Quake, a book about thriving in the information economy. Paul, hello. It is good to see you again. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much. Good to see you also, and thanks for the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. You're very welcome. So now you specialize in leadership coaching. And since this is a podcast about audience engagement, I want to talk about the audience that leaders need to engage, namely their team members, the people that look for them, that that work for them, that look to them for inspiration. So first, what's the biggest mistake that you see leaders making when it comes to connecting with their people? Well, Whenever I take on a new coaching client, and they are usually in the C-suite, the first thing we talk about is their ability to appropriately communicate. And I've not met a leader yet who did not believe they were a great communicator, Mm. but that's because they believe in telepathy. So the reality is that, that most leaders are not good communicators, and therefore the first skill set that we work together on is developing a, a better communication process because obviously it doesn't matter if you have a message, if you can't deliver the message appropriately to the audience and engage them. And by the way, that's, that's our key word anymore, right? We're looking for engagement. And if the leader is not able to engage them on a – an emotional level. The, the, the issue with most, most business leaders is they're really good at talking about the facts. They're not really good about talking about the feelings. And to me, if you don't engage on the emotional level, people do not hear the factual level. So we speak about how that has to happen, how as a communicator, you must first do a couple of things. I've got a, I'm a formal aid guy because I believe that most people need to see a path. And the path for me is first to start off with accepting the fact you're not as good as you think you are when it comes to communication. And uh, most leaders don't like to hear that message. So we, I reinforce it not because I know that this information, but because your team knows it. So we do a 360 degree review and that results of that 360 will indicate how good a communicator you are. And now if at that point you look at this objective information delivered to you by people who care about your ability to succeed, your, your team, and you still don't believe it, then we have a real problem in coaching. I actually have people that I coach that I call aware but don't care. Mm. So if you're you're aware of the situation but you don't care about it and getting better, then coaching isn't going to help you. Coaching only helps people who become aware of an issue that it is within their power to deal with, basically to improve, and then wanting to put in the work to do so. So we start off with communication because I, that is the bedrock for engagement. Okay, and once so- we've got that, once we've got that established as our purpose in the coaching process, then we put together a plan. Okay. So why is it, do you think that so many leaders don't already have these skills? That they're not already great communicators. And I ask that because you might assume, I guess wrongly, that in order to get to that level, 
you have to have pretty good communication skills to persuade people and connect with people and, you know, rise your way up the ladder. So it's a little surprising to me in some ways to hear that, nope, in fact, a lot of leaders get there despite not having these skills. So why do you think that is? Well, because most people first, they're not taught this skill set. No one teaches you to be a better communicator. Uh, You don't get it through college. You don't get it through work, actually. And remember that your first promotion from being a worker bee to being a team leader has nothing to do with your ability to communicate. It has to do with the recognition of how hard you work. Hmm. People who get promoted into that initial leadership slot, they do it because they are the best at doing the work. The problem is they're not the best at being a leader. And once they move into that next level, you would hope that they would receive leadership training of some type. Not so. They're left on their own. Uh, We've promoted them. We believe that they're capable of doing the job or we wouldn't have promoted them. So we leave them alone to do the job. Most leaders who step into that first slot, that first level of leadership, they succeed by working harder, not smarter. They don't develop skill sets. They don't have time to. They're suddenly in the, they're in the trench every day. And most, most first-line leaders are player coaches, right? They're not allowed to stop playing. They actually continue to do the work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of those first-time leaders believe that just by being better at doing the work, they're going to serve as the model for the team who will get better just watching them. Mm-hmm. That's not leadership. That's really called management, right? I mean, there's a difference. Management is doing the job. Leadership is preparing other people and assisting them to do the job. Well, we're so poor at training our first-line leaders that they never get that skill set through the organization. They develop it on their own if they develop it at all. But once again, if they really are good at hustle and hard work and they put in the long hours and they, they, they put the muscle on their team to do better, guess what? They're going to get promoted again. And what I see is as they slowly work their way up the ladder, if they're not interested in their own self-improvement and take the time to do that, develop that difference, training is getting better at doing your current job. Development is getting ready to do the next job. We do a lot of training. We don't do a lot of developing. So yeah, it is as odd as it sounds, most leaders get to leadership without having the development of the skill sets that are basic to real good leadership. The statistics Mm -hmm. through Gallup show that 88% of all managers are not truly capable of leading their team. They're capable of managing their team. Now, at some point, when you move up the ladder and you become the leader, the CEO, the CFO, the COO, you still haven't developed those skill sets. And but 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 by the way, at that point, nobody's telling you you don't have them. Hmm. <laughs> right? Unless you get a coach somewhere along the line that says, Well, let's look at your ability to lead, you don't know you don't have it because no one tells you you don't. And remember, the emperor has no clothes Hmm. is something nobody's willing to say out loud. Okay. So guess what? You just stumble through thinking you're doing the right thing until someone points out your blind spot. Hmm. Now you have a choice. 
You either decide to address the blind spot or you don't. By the way, the hardest people to coach are successful people. Because they think <laughs> they're, they think they don't need help because they're, I got to this position, I must be doing something right. Absolutely. How dare you tell me that I'm mm. not good enough? That's always a hard message to hear in leadership. So, so Paul, like when, when you get that objection, what do you say? Because you can sort of see it from that point of view, like, look, I, I have succeeded as far as you can go. I must be doing everything right, you know, or most things right. What's, but what is lost? So what is the consequence ultimately when you have leaders who are not good communicators? Well, again, I, I use the 360s as an opportunity to point out the blind spot or the lack of performance uh, skill set. And, and I talk to them about not performance, but about potential. Because if I'm going to talk to them about performance, they say, well, I'm a really good performer. Look at how my company's doing. Look at how we're doing. So I look at, I talk to them about what the potential is here. Normally people enter into a coaching program because they want to get better. They want to improve. But if you're already good, then what, why are you in a coaching process? And that is to explore your potential. What is the opportunity to actually succeed and, and realize that potential? And when you have that discussion, you will find out from them what they really want to accomplish. Not what they are accomplishing, but what they want to accomplish as a leader. Once we've got that out there so that they're committed to something, because coaching and improvement is hard work. And people who are successful often don't want to do the hard work to do something different. I tell people, I am not a golfer, by the way, but, but if you are a golfer, not a professional, but you're just a golfer and you go out every Saturday and you golf with your buddies. There's four of you in the team, right? And you decide, well, I want to, I want to get better. So you go to the pro, the, the club pro. And the first thing he's going to tell you is you have to change your swing. I know this because that's what every friend of mine who's, who tries to get better at golf is trying to do. So guess what? The pro shows you the, the swing. And you practice the swing. You pra then on Saturday, you go out and you play with your buddies. Well, I guarantee you, you're going to have a terrible game. New swing, <laughs> actually out there competing, even on that level, your swing's going to be terrible. You're going to have a terrible golf game. And guess what? First, your buddies are going to take your money because golfers always bet. And then they're going to tell you what they think you should do. <laughs> now, you have to have the fortitude to block out that distraction and continue to do what the pro told you to do until you get that new swing developed. That's how it is with leadership, especially with communication. We start talking about being a better communicator. It's a skill set. And I can tell you what you have to do by listening to you and having you tell me your message so that we can develop the action plan necessary for you to get better. But you're the one that has to commit to it. Yeah. And that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Absolutely. So, Paul, give me an example of a leader communicating something like a message that they think is good communication, but really isn't. And then we'll do the flip side and say, OK, what, how, how should it sure. be? So what's like a classic well, example of bad communication? OK, bad communicating is I want to talk to you about purpose, but I'm not going to talk to you with authenticity. I'm going to I'm going to do the numbers game with you. I'm going to talk to you that that even though we say our purpose is to save the world, what I'm going to talk to you about are the numbers that we're generating based on performance. Well, if if the message is purpose, 
but you're communicating something other than purpose, it's a confusing message. And so no one hears it at all. What you do is you've confused the, 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 the communication process to the point where you might as well not have it. And, the, and again, our problem is no one says to you, hey, if you said we're going to talk about purpose, but all you're talking about is performance, this is a, I don't get the message. Nobody says that. Everybody just looks at the leader. They nod their head yes. And as soon as he's out of sight, they look at each other and go, do you know what he just said? <laughs> and everybody says, well, I have no idea what the message was. Let's just go back to work. Mm-hmm. That would be it in a nutshell. It happens all the time that that the the message and the communication process are not aligned. So what is the what is the better version of that look like? Well, the better version is first you want to know what your message is. How about if we actually start and say, know what your message is, then simplify the message. I don't believe in complications. The more complicated you make your message, the less likely it is for people to receive it, understand it. And guess what? We want them to act on it. So there has to be that call to action. But if people don't know what you want them to do, they never do the call to action. So we start off with, let's know what the message is. Then let's simplify the message. Then, and by the way, I always believe that leaders should be communicating purpose. To me, mm-hmm. that's where leadership really has impact. If you're still talking about performance, then I'm not sure that you're the leader. So, so let's stick with purpose for a moment as the, as the yeah. message. So, so you've got to not only know what it is, but also simplify it. And then you have to practice it. And by the way, leaders hate to practice. Hmm. They just want to do it. Right? No, you got to practice your golf swing. You don't get better unless you practice. You got to practice your message. And what that allows you to do is to hone it. I believe that you're constantly refining your message. Now, before you put that in front of an audience, you need to have someone to practice it on so they can tell you, and that's what a coach is good for, presentation coach, to say, look, let's talk about simplifying that. Let's talk about honing it. And honing it gives you the detail necessary to start to drive the points home, right? I'm a big big believer in, in numerology. The number for me is always three. If you try to do any more than three points in any presentation, you diffuse your message. Therefore, you lose the impact of the message. And normally, most leaders decide, I've got 30 minutes. I'm going to jam in 15 points. I'm going to to take it all the way through 1 to 15. And so when I'm in that process of helping you get ready, I'm saying, no, you're not going to do that and be effective. Eliminate 12 of them. This is a tussle for most leaders. Hmm. They're like, well, but what about number four? That's another message. And by the way, you're, it, this is not your last communication, is it? I, I mean, are you resigning today? No. Okay. Then let's save that, right? So we condense and we hone it. And, and then, of course, we have to be consistent and persistent in delivering the message. We don't get off target. We, we, we don't decide to do something else in the middle of a speech. We maintain consistency and persistence in delivering the message. If you don't want to do that, then my discussion with you is, are you sure it's important enough to even be communicated? 
If you keep changing it, then we have to look at what you really are trying to accomplish. And if it's about purpose, at some point, you have to be able to identify it and then communicate it and communicate it often. There is no one and done with purpose, by the way. Mm -hmm. It, It is a message that needs to be repeated over and over and over again. And leaders get tired of saying the same thing. They, they, they want something, you know, we all want the bright, shiny thing, right? They're like, well, they've already heard that. I haven't heard it enough. What do you mean? This is the third time I'm talking about this. But you see, every time you give that presentation, it should be getting better. Mm-hmm. Because you don't stop refining. You continue to hear that message, but you know how you refine it? You refine it by asking for feedback from the audience. I want to hear what you heard rather than what I thought you heard, because you'd be surprised how often that feedback shocks the leader. They go, well, that's not what I said. No, but it's what they heard. Hmm. Therefore, let's refine the message so that you now are looking at what they hear and changing your presentation so it's what you want them to hear. This is an ongoing process, and and leaders who don't want to stick with this process slowly find that that people are misaligned. And you not only you have you don't have just one audience. Every leader today has stakeholders. Now we look at our employees as our primary stakeholders, but are they? Because the customer is in there as a stakeholder. The vendors are there as stakeholders. The shareholders are there as stakeholders. The message, the purpose needs to be refined for that audience Mm -hmm. because everyone does hear the message differently based on what their engagement is as a stakeholder. So the same the same message is refined for each group of stakeholders. So you don't have just one presentation. You might have six, but they still all generate the same response to the purpose. And what's that response? I want you to engage with me about this purpose and take action so that we actually reach it. If that's not the message, then, like I said, this isn't leadership. That's it. I mean, Mm. it's it's such a simple process, but it is hard on leaders for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So so given that this is hard work, you're kind of asking leaders to do something that kind of ironically or counterintuitively, they're not naturally good at doing often. Um, what's at stake here ultimately, Paul? Like what, let's say a leader does commit to learning this and putting in the work and they improve their leadership skills. What do they stand to gain when they do get much better at aligning those messages and getting people aligned? What's the, the prize for all that? Well, the prize is to take wherever you're at and recognize the potential that your organization and your people have. I found that if you're able to to communicate your purpose with the passion and the vision that you feel for it, and by the way, if you don't, then, then don't do this. If there's not authenticity built into this process that generates relationships and engagement, then don't, do, then don't send out a message because if you are not true to this and not authentic, it becomes transactional. And if you're sending out a message about the transaction, you fail as a leader. 
because people then treat your you and your organization transactionally, which means if somebody offers them a better deal, they have no reason to stay with you. Your employees will leave you and your customers will leave you. And, and today, in today's world in particular with employees, if they don't understand your purpose and don't engage with your purpose, they will leave. So that's what you have to gain. You have, you have the opportunity to take transactions and turn them into relationships. And those relationships, you will gain more potential for your organization to grow, prosper. Yeah. So, Paul, many of our listeners are marketing professionals. So what, what's something that marketing professionals could take from this discussion, from your insights on leadership com communication to become better marketers? Well, I think it all applies. I, I guess that as you are, as a marketer, you are putting together a message, creating a message that you're going to communicate to a customer base or to people you want to become customers. And I think that these all, that, that what I just described actually works very well for marketers. First, you have to be authentic, right? You have to truly believe in what you have to say. But you also have to care. And the concept of caring for your customers or caring for your customers that are potential customers, I think is absolutely essential as a part of the message. And so when you look at this, what I just described, it, it works perfectly for marketers. Simplify your message, hone your message, get feedback about your message, and you should be able to do that, and continue to refine it. But understand that underneath all of that is there needs to be a purpose more than a transaction. If you can get that relationship built, then customers don't leave you. Why would they? They believe in your purpose. They want to be a part of that purpose, whatever that may be. And uh, when I look at employees, I see that as something that they are looking for. I believe that's what customers are looking for. Makes good sense. Really good sense. Well, Paul, we could, there's so much more to talk about, but I need to let you go. You got, you got some people to coach. <laughs> so I do actually. Yeah. So thanks so much for, uh, for all your insights for a great conversation. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Pleasure speaking to you. Pleasure speaking to your audience. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged. <laughs>